Cambridge Insider Podcast time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the number one trending podcast in F1 high school international education in the US, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Co-host, Liana Glass, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. That is quite a mouthful uh, that you have for our introduction, and I'm impressed every time you say it, and I don't think I'll ever get the order of those words correct. If you ask me to do it in five five minutes' time, I won't even get the order correct. So that's where we are right now. How does it feel to be back for episode two co-hosting this podcast? Um, it feels good. I'm still pretty nervous. So I'm, you know, I'm probably not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to be a very confident podcast host, co-host, which I am. But it's a new thing for me. So I still have the butterflies. But it's it's actually a good feeling to be doing something that's challenging and new. Awesome, awesome. Well, we love having you here. I know the listeners feel the same. I know executive producer Dean feels the same as well. And you know what? We're just going to keep putting great content out there. Nobody else is doing this in the industry. We're breaking new ground. Uh, that's what Cambridge Network is all about. If your agency that you work with doesn't do this, maybe you need to ask why. Um, all right, moving on um, from that subtle little dig. Uh, exciting episode because I think um, Cambridge had an awesome opportunity this week. Um, myself specifically, not that it was anything to do with me, but the, the organization Cambridge Network had the great opportunity to present at the NAIS, uh, I believe it's a quarterly webinar conference, call it what you will. Um, and we were asked to be one of the uh, guest speakers. NAIS, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to get it right, the National Association of Independent Schools. So many of the schools that would be listening to this podcast, I know some of you um, did see me uh, say a couple words there. Um, and for those of you that maybe aren't part of NAIS, um, you know, it was a great opportunity for us to share a little bit of an insight from our perspective and uh, all around just a really, really cool experience. Yeah, um, I actually looked into NAIS after you told me you had this great opportunity, and it seems like a really great asset uh, for schools. So if you don't know much about it, definitely recommend looking into it. Um, Stephen, if you could tell us and our listeners a little bit about what topics you covered um, and what you talked about in this presentation, I think we'd all love to hear. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think uh, they initially approached us and it was actually a a school official that we work really closely with um, that so one of our CEM partners, which is awesome, that uh, connected me with NAIS and they were looking for speakers to speak specifically uh, to the international market in, in, in 2021. You know, where are we? How are things looking? Uh, you know, and, and hopefully inform their schools a little bit about the context of the, the industry, but also specifically from Cambridge's side, one of the things that we try to do was to provide them with some you know, some solutions. So typically, you know, it was a 20-minute speaking gig. Um, I hope I painted a picture of where the market is at this stage for them, um, which we've delved into several times on this podcast, um, understanding that the most important thing to remember there is that it's an incredibly competitive market for recruitment of international students, specifically those coming from Southeast Asia. Um, you know, looking specifically at, at how did it become such a competitive market? Yes, COVID-19 played a played a big role in accelerating some of the trends that we were seeing in the market, um, but looking at some of the other factors that made the market into what it is today, um, understanding that there's competition outside of the USA, understanding that 
recent narrative about international uh, education and about immigrants and about uh, certain populations haven't been uh, productive for this industry. Um, you know, and on top of that, we've had to deal with the pandemic. And then at the end of that, we were fortunately, I hope, able to sort of give schools that were listening a little bit of a strategy, um, given the context of the market, given that it's so competitive and difficult, what can we do? What's within our control um, that we can move with uh, as a school partner to try and salvage and to try and rebuild our program? So, you know, we hope we gave them some good information. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you did. And I definitely want to get to those solutions that you talked about for our school partners. Um, and I just want to highlight the fact that understanding where we are in the market, understanding how we got to this point, understanding our challenges and our barriers, um, that's so important in creating those solutions. So I think it's so important for our schools to have an understanding of that. Um, first, tell us about some of the school's feedback or questions you fielded during this presentation. Absolutely. And just before um, I answer that, Leanna, I, I love what you said there, because I think um, I think there's a little bit of a misconception around the industry that COVID happened and we are where we are. Um, and, and sometimes that'll give an attitude or, 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 or leave schools with the idea that, oh, once COVID fades, we'll be back to normal. And, and, and something that we at Cambridge Network often speak about that, yes, COVID had devastating effects on the industry, um, but there are other factors at play. And, and those factors um are, are are really telling us that we need to address the change in this industry so i think that you know i love what you said there so in terms of what schools i, I think the feedback overall was good we fielded several questions towards the end of the um the presentation uh which is always great because i think people are willing to engage um i think the the international education industry um still holds a very special place for a lot of schools i think they look to it for diversity, I think they believe in international education as we do at Cambridge Network and you and I do hosting this podcast. Um, so there was a lot of engagement, which I love because I think that's going to allow us as schools and as agencies to come up with solutions. Um, I will say, however, I think some of the, the, the questions that we feel that probably illustrated a little bit of the challenge that we've been seeing with a lot of our interactions as well is that schools, I think, still view international education, specifically the admissions, the marketing and the recruitment side of things as it was maybe three or four years ago, what I call the, the golden age of, of the industry. You know, we were flush with students and there was a certain way of thinking about this industry. Uh, and I think I could probably see that and maybe I'm being a little pessimistic here, but I could probably see that come through in some of the questions. Um, and I think it is so, so important that schools acknowledge that this industry has changed, um, but also acknowledge that we do have strategies and, and, and solutions to overcome that change. We have to adapt if we want to continue offering quality services and want to continue growing our international programs. Um, but it really is that first step is really changing the way in which we think about it. And I know that can be difficult. Anybody that's done something for several years and then it's asked to change, you know, it's a little bit of human nature to try and hold on to what we know and what's worked well in the past. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but I agree. Um, it might take some time but and some education through presentations such as the one you just gave, but understanding in reality really where we stand in the market and in the industry will help schools. Um, and I love what you said about international programs and what they add to a school community. Um, I think 
you know, it just can't be said enough what having an international and diverse student population will give to those students studying abroad, but also your students, your domestic students, and the things they'll learn from that cultural exchange, the things your teachers will learn from teaching students from another culture, um, just unending value there. So let's talk about some of the solutions that you did go over with these schools um, in understanding the challenges and where we are right now. What were some of the solutions talked about? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, the, the, the big takeaway and the big conversation that we're having across our network with many of our school partners is to, I think, first and foremost, understand that, that you know, excellent student experience is imperative in this market. And if you cannot produce excellent, exceptional student experience across the board, whether that be in your homestay, in the classroom, out on the fields, just in your general engagement with your students, very likely because of the competitiveness of this market, you will lose out um, to a school down the road, to a school you know, on another coast, to a school in the middle of America, or to a school in Canada, Australia, the UK. So exceptional student experience is incredibly important and making sure that every touch point, for lack of a better word, that a student has with your institution, with your school, needs to be exceptional. Um, you know, we were we were in a situation a couple of years ago, um, and that's just where the market was, that schools held the power in the relationship. And I don't want to go too philosophical in it, but that's the reality of where it was. Whereas now, with the advent of increased internet availability, specifically in China, but in Southeast Asia, students have access, students and families and agents have access to information. And with that access to information comes the power to be able to decipher programs, to be able to evaluate programs, and ultimately to be able to find other programs as well. So understanding that every time you have a touch point, every time you connect with a student, wherever that might be, make sure that it's exceptional because that student will go away and that student will hopefully speak very positively about your program. And that in turn uh, will lead in the long term to that sort of self-sustaining marketing process where you have students that are loyal to your, your product, loyal to your school, and that are advocating for your school. So that I think was the first takeaway. I think the second one and one that we've spoken about, um, you know, in depth for several times you know, on this podcast specifically is schools understanding that they need to invest into their international programs, into their international uh, admissions, marketing and recruitment processes, just as they've done domestically. Um, and I say just as they've done domestically because I am trying to impart on schools and on school partners the fact that this is not a wild idea that we're coming up with. The majority of schools that I speak to have a rather large domestic marketing and recruitment and admissions budget um, that they are willing to spend on recruiting students that come to their schools. Um, and they need to be approaching international education and international marketing and recruitment in the same way you have to be willing to invest um, in the, the, that recruitment invest in that marketing make sure that you are getting into the living rooms into the to into the uh, onto the cell phones onto the computer screens of your target market because that is the thing in this incredibly competitive market that will uh, help you be seen in this incredibly competitive pool of great programs across the country so those are really the two big takeaways that you know, that we and, and strategies that we helped uh, schools understand. Um, and hopefully some of them will heed the advice. Um, and, and I firmly believe that some won't because it, they might not just be quite there yet. But I think uh, it's strong advice. And we've seen the evidence roll in that these are two things that are really important for them to to uh, to be aware of. 
Definitely. And I think if I were a school listening to your talk today, I would walk away um, understanding that my program needs to adapt to these ever-changing circumstances. Uh, we need to invest in our programs and evolve where we where we should, depending on the circumstances at our school and the circumstances that come about from COVID in the next six months. Um, you know, flexibility, I think, is key. And then that we need to stand out and we need to have excellent services. Um, and is that so are those takeaways kind of what you would hope a school would walk away with today? Absolutely, absolutely. Even just, you know, for those of you that that weren't, obviously not everybody was on that NAIS webinar. But yeah, absolutely. Understanding those two key points, understanding that, you know, when we talk about change, uh, you know, we often like to, again, go back to COVID, but what COVID-19 proved to us in the industry specifically, and, and when it comes to recruitment of students is that the agency model, which again, I continue to say is, is still very prevalent. We're certainly not um, hiding our head in the sand and saying that it's not there anymore. The agency model and, and utilizing agency relationships to recruit students for our schools is still very much there. Um, but what COVID-19 did within a matter of days was take away that physical contact, take away that ability to travel, take away that ability to go to an agent, to educate them on a school, to present a school to them. And that forced us to think a little bit outside of the box. Um, and there are a lot of other factors that play into that. But, you know, that is certainly not the only way to reach families and to uh, to market and to showcase the great program that you have. There are other ways and you really need to be thinking about that. If you need proof that social media and making sure that you're on the right platforms is the way to go take public transport and see how many people are talking to one another versus on their screens <laughs> and um, you know that should be that should be evidence enough yeah and i love what you said also about leaving an impact on students and their families at, at every touch point with the school i think that's so important i mean what's what could be more powerful than word of mouth with a mother saying to another mother or a friend saying to their friend, uh, I had a, an amazing experience at my high school. You should really look it up. And uh, here's what organizations I was involved in. And here's my favorite teacher. And this is how they impacted me. You know, that type of word of mouth advocacy for a school will go so far. 100%, 100%. And it's, you know, sometimes when we do interview people on this podcast, we've interviewed you prior to your rise to fame as being the co-host um, and several <laughs> other people that are in the support side of things specifically on the ground the value that we can put on that and the value that school programs should put on those um, support services and the agencies that they that they connect with and that they partner with is so important because it's a it's an extension of your program if liana glass is doing a great job on the ground with students your school is doing a great job and the and the opposite also certainly does um, uh, is also true as well. So, Liana, we've come to um, probably to the end of the podcast. I'm going to step in and I don't want to say save both of us, but typically I would end the podcast and I would say, do you have any final thoughts? But seeing as you asked so many questions, I don't know if you want to ask it. I don't know. I was, you know what? I was going to do that. And then I said to myself, maybe maybe Stephen will get a little offended if I jump in here and ask him final thoughts. But I'm happy you brought this up. So, Stephen, what are your final thoughts before we say goodbye today? You do understand that with that question, you will also be the one signing off uh, and saying goodbye to all of our listeners. I'm just saying with great, uh, it's great responsibility. Our listeners take it very seriously. My final thoughts are, um, you know, awesome, awesome privilege and a, and a great opportunity for us to to 
connect with schools and like-minded individuals um, at the NAIS conference. Uh, again, to the school official that introduced me, she knows who she is. I'm not going to mention names. I thank you because I think it's important that we put information out there and that we educate people on this market. To schools, uh, certainly don't be an ostrich. Don't hide your head in the sand. Understand that this is a changing market. Understand that there are strategies, however, that we can use to combat this. Um, and as always, Cambridge Network is here to support you and to help you. So those are my final thoughts. Thank you so much. All right, then I guess it's my time to shine. We are signing off. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and we will catch you on the next podcast. See you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.